Hello and welcome to the Post of Us podcast. It is podcast number 63. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. Come to you on a Sunday, February 17th, 2019. After a night of very busy hockey in the NHL. Lots of games on last night, as usual. Mm-hmm. There's not really a Saturday, Saturday night where there's not a lot of hockey games. It's, except All-Star break. Yeah, except All-Star break. Or, and August. <laughs> and August, yes. <laughs> uh, so lots to discuss here. Um there was some trades this week. Mm-hmm. There was uh, rumors this week. It's all all kinds of little stuff. I got some interesting stats for you as well. All right, I'll hit you with at the end of this podcast. Uh, but first, I kind of want to discuss the trades that happened over the past couple of days. Uh, so Edmonton actually made two moves. The first move they made was uh, they acquired Anthony Stolarz from uh, Philadelphia, who's twenty five and an RFA, and Philadelphia gets Cam Talbot who's 31 in a UFA, making $4.166 million a year. So I actually like this trade from both teams. Talbot was not performing very well with Edmonton, uh, so they get that contract off their books. Not that they really had any cap issues and not that they're really going to be a contender this year. No offense, Edmonton fans. Uh, but I just didn't. it just wasn't working out. So uh, Philadelphia gets a, a good solid backup in Talbot for the rest of the season, assuming Hart remains as the starter for Philadelphia. And Edmonton gets a young goalie who's 25, and, you know, he's got lots of career left. So We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When they signed Koskinen to that speculative uh, contract extension, it yeah. pretty well put the writing on the wall for Cam Talbot. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, th- I like you. I, I Like you, I think that it's, it's a good move for both teams. Yep. Uh, Talbot needed to go somewhere where he was going to get uh, just a reset, a chance to reset. And... Uh, we might see today how that works out because uh, Philly and Detroit are doing back-to-backs and they played uh, Carter Hart yesterday. Yeah. So we might see Talbot in tonight. We might. Or today, yeah. actually. Uh, that'd be interesting to see how, how well he does. Usually when someone starts with a new team, they want to make a big impression. That's very true. Yeah. That's so very we'll, true. We'll see. I actually have an interesting stat about Philadelphia and Detroit. Um, okay. But I, again, I'm going to wait till the end. It's, <laughs> it's a really, really interesting one. Uh, the other trade that happened was between Edmonton and Vancouver. Edmonton gets Sam Gagne. He's 29, UFA, uh, until 2021. He's making 3.15 uh, per year, million per year. And Vancouver gets Ryan Spooner. He's 27, UFA, also in 2021, and is making 2.075 million per year. Uh, Ryan Spooner's kind of bounced around the league a little bit, kind of like Dominic Moore. Mm-hmm. He's become the new, new Dominic Moore. <laughs> uh, but he's he's been down in the minors a little bit. He just hasn't been... Having a great couple of years, really. He's having trouble fitting in ever since he left Boston. So, uh, you know, maybe this is, it's it's kind of one of those trades that could be good both ways. Sam Gagne has lots of experience and um, will probably fit in pretty well in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. There's a, Edmonton's a young team, so not that Sam Gagne is old, but 29 in the NHL, you're basically halfway done your career. So, Oh, yeah, easy. If not more. I mean, yeah, probably some, more than half. Some yeah, guys retire now at 30. Six thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and like, unless you're in a super elite player like Luongo or Joe mm-hmm. Thornton or something like that, then uh, you get the odd guy. You get uh, who was it? Like Matt Cullen. He's like forty something. You get the odd guy who is the average. I would say an average player who has an extended career. But mm-hmm. uh, generally, I would say his career is half over. But uh, I, I actually like this trade for both teams. Uh, I think Ryan Spooner has a lot of potential. So I feel like Vancouver has a has a player that they could mold pretty well with their growing team. So mm-hmm. uh, again, a trade that I think works for both teams. Yeah, I think Vancouver is a slight win on this because they get a guy that's uh, drawing less salary and he's got more 
potential. He's got a couple more years down the road if they kept him. Um, but I think it's a good move for Edmonton too because they've been resetting everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why not uh, just shake up things a little bit in the dressing room? Exactly. They need to do something because Hitchcock, despite his public uh, rants about how not hard the team is working, it's not working. And I, from what I saw on some commentary over the weekend, management has talked to Hitchcock and said, uh, stop hitting these guys in public. Just you know, back off a little bit. Try to try to be a little easier on, on things nice. and, and get going. So uh, th- these are the kinds of moves you do when, when you've run out of options. Right? Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, let's just go right into the game recaps, sure. if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, get these over with. Uh, not that, the, not that I don't like doing them, but they're a bad thing, but it's just, it's a long process. So. Um, the first game was the Philadelphia Detroit game. Philadelphia mm-hmm. won six to five. Uh, pretty un- unbelievable comeback by Detroit. It was, game. it was great. It was just great. And I think the last goal they scored was quite, quite late in the third. Less than 10 seconds left, I think. Yeah, yeah. like seven seconds, or I think they might've put a, something back on the clock, but it was like seven seconds left and they had the goalie pulled and everything. And yeah. it was, I watched most of that game. It was really good. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. It almost had a bit of a, that third period specifically, a bit of a playoff feel to it. Yeah. And that looks like it's as close as either of those teams are going to get to that feel this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah Maybe Philadelphia's, <laughs> you never know. They're, they're, they're doing really well. You never know. They're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, their problem is that the East is so strong compared to the West that like they'd have to play almost perfect hockey to even just get in a wild card spot, I think. Yeah. So yeah. just because the teams around them are doing so well. So, um, but yeah, that's, it's, uh, that's a big win for Philadelphia because they, how demoralizing would have that been to let in f- four goals in the third period and then one in overtime to lose it mm-hmm. when you had a 5-1 lead. That's just, that would be devastating. So, uh, But yeah, good on Detroit for showing some resiliency there. Yeah. Uh, the game after that was the Calgary-Pittsburgh game. Calgary won 5-4. to four. Uh, Goaltending wasn't really strong on either end. Uh, some fairly weak goals throughout this game. Uh, I think Pittsburgh cycled the puck pretty well, but I also, I think Calgary cycled the puck better. I've, I noticed that game that... Uh, when Calgary retains possession in the offensive zone, they're so good at cycling the puck. Like they have such chemistry built up between some of these lines that uh, they were doing line changes. We see that every so often. They're doing line changes in the middle of the play mm-hmm. while they had uh, offensive zone pressure and retaining that offensive zone pressure throughout the line changes. Yeah, they did that twice in that game, and I like when teams do that because it. You can. I wonder if they practice that. It's hard to practice, but it's hard to practice, but it's hard to do without having some skill at it, yeah. some practice time doing it. Remember a couple of years ago in the playoffs, Nashville, uh, there was one game I forget who they were playing, but it was just intense pressure. That like they four had. minutes in the offensive zone, and they and they, I think they made two line changes, and they never let let go of the puck. They had it the whole time. Yeah, like it's so com- it's <laughs> incredible. It's a lot more complicated than you think because you not only have to retain pressure and cycle it around, but you physically have to move your players around and close to the bench so they can get a quick line change. Like if, if you, if it's in the second period and you have a long change and you you are the, well, in uh, the right winger. Yeah. But in the second period, if you have os- offensive zone pressure, you actually have the short change. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's probably more likely when this is going to be successful is in the. Uh, but even period. even if you're the right winger in the corner. Oh yeah, it's still a long way. You have to <laughs> cycle around and yeah. Yeah, so, it, it's incredible how they do it. it. It is it is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Some teams are are quite good at it. Nashville's another even like you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Washington can do it. Uh, Tampa Bay. I've seen Tampa Bay do it this year. Uh, I've even seen Dallas do it a couple times this year. So, yeah. Nice. Um, next was the St. Louis-Colorado game. Uh, I thought Allen and Varlamov both played absolutely fantastic, even though Varlamov let in technically three goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he played really well, made some big saves. Allen also made some big saves. That's a huge win for him. He, he really needed he that shutout. He really shot needed that. Um, and then the Blues remain hot. They are absolutely on fire. Uh, they just have everything rolling in every statistical category right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty awesome to see. And they play again today. We'll talk about that later. And they've got Bennington, who's 9-1 and one lately. Yep. So a nice one-two punch. When Allen can win that, that game that maybe people don't expect he might do well at, and then you got Bennington to throw at the next Exactly, game. So yeah. It's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next thing was the Arizona-Toronto game. Arizona, Arizona won 2 to nothing. I thought Arizona did a tremendous job of keeping Toronto to the outside in that game, specifically in the neutral zone and then in the defensive end. Uh, I don't think Toronto even had many shots from what I remember in that game. Uh, Arizona just defensively did so, so well. And they seem to match up really well with Toronto. Did you, Have you noticed that the past couple of years? Like... Toronto has a hard time beating Arizona. They do. And I, I don't don't remember years ago, but just in the last year, when uh, Arizona was in Toronto, they did very well. And that was the game that Austin Matthews from Phoenix is going to, you know, show the the team from his old hometown how, how things work in Toronto. And exactly. it didn't work out that way. No. And it didn't work out that way <laughs> last night either. <laughs> it did not. Yeah. Um next game after that was the Ottawa-Winnipeg game. Ottawa won 4-3. to three. This was a good game. It had a very big playoff feel to it. Uh, back and forth, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Winnipeg continues to struggle. They've lost, they've lost a couple of tough games recently. And, I mean, they're still fifth in the league, as you can see behind us. They're still, you know, atop of their, mm-hmm. top of their um, division. But still, they're losing questionable games against questionable teams. Yeah, and the shine is coming off them a little bit. It's uh, it's strange. They're just not getting s- solid goaltending like they yeah. were last year. That whole game yesterday was bizarre. When when Tyler Myers tied the game in the third period, uh, make it 3-3, that was the first even-strength goal in the game. Every other goal was either a power play or shorthanded. There was two shorthanded goals. Winnipeg got two shorthanded goals. Yeah, so. and Ottawa had... Uh, power play goals. All I didn't their, notice that. Yeah. It was the first five on five. And of course the overtime winner by Dezingle obviously wasn't five on five because they mm. don't do that in overtime, but, uh, it was just bizarre. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So special teams were the, were the, uh, word of the day there. Very interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the game after that was the Tampa Bay Montreal game. Tampa Bay won three to nothing. No surprise there. Uh, Montreal was only 40% in the faceoff circle. Uh, only had 20 shots, completely undisciplined, especially in the third period. And uh, the Tampa Bay offense is uh, relentless as always. So Yeah, Montreal held them. It was a scoreless tie right into the third period. Uh, early in the third, Tampa scored, and then things kind of went off the rails after that. But we had basically a power play goal, and then we had a goal on a very bad line change by Montreal. 
they had three guys that were totally out of position. Yeah, it was, it was just, really bad. It was awful. And then the third goal, actually Montreal scored the first goal. If you offside, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the offside, and it was a great, uh, great goal. Uh, it would have been beauty, but certainly it was offside. They, they did a coach's challenge. Cooper was smart to pull that trick, not yeah, a trick, it's but a good goal. Uh, yeah. And then Montreal had a coach's challenge, which I thought was very strange. It was a goaltender interference mm-hmm. uh, allegation by Montreal, and. I'm not a Gary Galley fan, but he's sitting up there saying, all right, this is going to count, this is going to count, because there was no visible contact even between Price and, and the uh, the Tampa Bay player. But they called a goaltender interference. I didn't think it was goaltender interference. Me neither. Should have been a goal. <laughs> they overruled the goal, which was going to make it 3 nothing. then it dropped it back to 2 nothing, and it gave a little bit of hope. Of course, Tampa then scored a, a, a legitimate goal after that, mm. but... Well, when you think back a couple of years ago where Price is dragged yeah, out of the literally crease. Literally dragged out of the crease. He's not even in the frame of the top-down camera. <laughs> He's up against the back boards, <laughs> and that was okay. Yeah. And this this one here, the Price is outside the blue paint, really, because the player that was skating near him wasn't in the blue paint. We'll put mm. it that way. And they called a goaltender interference. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. And I'm I'm a homer for Montreal, obviously, but that was dumb. Yeah, it was. It should have counted. It should be 4 nothing. This game should be 4 nothing. It should be 4 nothing. But really, for the first two periods, Montreal was skating with them. Mm-hmm. They were fast. They were doing their regular stuff. And the previous game Montreal played against Nashville, they lost that game too, but they were in the game. And they played well in that game. And that's all a fan can really ask for. You can't always get a win but you can hopefully get your team trying to win. Yeah, I agree with that, but Montreal's starting to slip. They are four or five points behind both Toronto and Boston. Uh, They are only holding a wildcard spot by, I think, two points now. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's Pittsburgh and... Carolina. Carolina and, is it Columbus? Those three, Mm -hmm. all are right there. Yeah, they're all right there. Like, Montreal is in serious trouble. Serious, serious trouble. They may miss the playoffs. Yep. If they're not careful. Or even worse, they may get the eighth spot and play Tampa. And have to play Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather miss the playoffs than have that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, the game was interesting. Uh, I watched it all. Uh, at the beginning of the game, the color guard, the soldiers usually, in, in American games especially, who carry the flags out onto the ice, were Canadian Armed Forces personnel who were stationed at Tyndall Air Force Base in Panama City, That's cool. Florida. And got a really good round of applause from the fans, hmm. half of whom were probably Canadians anyway, That's true. because it's in Tampa. But uh, they did a, it was a nice, really nice touch to have Canadian military out on the Tampa Bay ice uh, for the presentation of the colors of both countries. Hmm. So I thought yeah, that was cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really nice. The more that I see those jerseys on the ice, the more I absolutely hate them. Is that right? Yeah. They look so silly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, the more I look at it, it's hard to read the names on the back. Not that I need to know who I can tell by the numbers, but it is, it's even hard to see the numbers at, at times. Yeah. It didn't bother me last night, but I, I agree with you generally. If you if you had just popped out and asked me, what do you think of those uniforms? I would have said, yeah, I'm not crazy. They about look like them. practice jerseys. They, they really practice do. uniforms. Yeah, they, they really do. Although it didn't distract me last night like it did the first time I saw them. Mm. Philadelphia had their black jerseys on too yesterday. Yeah, they're amazing. They look really good. Yeah. Really good. I love how the... The names are in orange, you know, yes, on the back. Absolutely, with the, with the black letters. It's really, really sharp. It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, the before we move on, uh, there was the the growing hatred in the game last night that I think is a good thing. 
uh, for maybe for Montreal more so. Did you see the couple of times when and when Ernie went down? No. Um, he was checked. It, it was a, it should have been called a penalty. Delorier took him into the boards and and he collapsed, but he went down a little easier than he should have. And uh, the Montreal's new uh, Thompson, the number twenty one, came over, basically just leaned down on a stick and and you. I, I'm not a great lip reader, but basically he said things like, get up, you weren't hit that hard, you get up, you whatever. And then later on, uh, there was some other pushing and shoving, and uh, Yanni Gord and Max Domi went at it a couple of times in the crease, where Gord was kind of... Was there any fights? Not really. Unacce- unacceptable. <laughs> not really, but there was lots of pushing and shoving, and... Uh, Delorier was, I think, looking for fun, but uh, didn't happen. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, the game after that was the Islanders and Edmonton game. The Islanders won 5-2 to two to continue their dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Islanders showed a lot of patience in that game. And recently, they cycled the puck very well. They're not quick to to, to pass the puck if they feel pressure. Uh, they have a lot of patience with the puck. Um, and I think that's that's a lot to do with coaching. I don't think that's a lot to do with the player. I think every player in the NHL is capable of patience and and uh, protecting the puck. They wouldn't be in the NHL if they weren't uh, at least good at that. So I think that comes down to coaching. It comes down to trust by the players to the coach, to um, to trust in themselves as well to protect the puck, and uh, to like you see so often when players get pressured, they feel the need to get rid of the puck to try and get rid of it before they get checked and the puck gets stolen for them, and they just end up giving the puck away. Mm-hmm. The trust comes in, even if a d- player does get close, you can still protect the puck. And just because a player is close doesn't mean he can take, take the puck away from you. You have the skills to protect yourself. Yeah. So I th- that comes down to coaching, in my opinion. Uh, and the Islanders, like if you watch the Islanders recently, or if you haven't and you're going to, watch how much patience they have. It's it's pretty impressive. Hmm. So that's something, that's one thing I noticed a lot in that game specifically. Um, the Carolina and Dallas game, Carolina won 3-2-0. Mrazek was absolutely incredible, made some highlight reel saves in, in that game. He even made one save where he like cheered himself afterwards. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he made like a big, he's kind of down. He made a, a glove, uh, pad save, then he made a glove save. And then he get up and play one up the ice and he was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yes, it was awesome. Uh, Dallas giveaways were pretty bad in that game, and I really felt like they were struggling a lot with Carolina's speed. Dallas was um, exposed, exposed. Uh, they standing still a lot in the defensive ends, mm-hmm. especially just standing still, not being able to keep up with Carolina's uh, speed and play. So, um, not good for Dallas. They were pretty exposed that game. How do you feel about the Carolina celebrations as they continue? As they continue, I'm getting less comfortable with it. Uh, you probably didn't watch Coach's Corner, but Don heard, Cherry went it. on a rip last night, calling them, what was the name? Call them jerks. Mm. Um, and I, I, I'm starting to, to go in that direction. I'm not, I'm not saying they're jerks, but but it's too much. Don Cherry is pretty much the definition of jerk. Well, so. that's true. That's true. But uh, the first, like, exhibition season, have a little fun with the fans, maybe. Early in the regular season, I can take that. 
We're getting to the point now, and one of the things Don mentioned last night, what if these guys get in the playoffs? What if they make it in, in a wild card spot and they win a game at home and they pull a stunt like that? It has a lot more meaning when you play that same team the next night or, yeah. or two nights away. That's true. That's a very good point. And in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're basically rubbing the other team's face in, in your victory. Don even said, if you want to do something silly after the warm-up, before the game even starts, to get the fans going before the game, I'm, I'm less, you know, hating on that part. But after the game, when everyone else has left and the fans are sticking around and you're putting on a stupid show, did you see the last one? I did. With the baseball? I liked it. <laughs> Here's why. Okay. And I, I don't think it's them shoving it in the loser's face. I don't, has, I don't think it has anything to do with that. This is why it works in Carolina, and probably not a lot of other places. You'll never see this in Montreal. You'll never see this in Toronto. No, no, no. You'll never see this in Chicago. You won't see it in Pittsburgh. It works in Carolina. Did you see the fans in the in the stands last oh, night? Oh yeah, no, the fans love it. Absolutely packed. <laughs> that that arena last night was absolutely packed. Yeah. It works because of the market. This market is depleted. A couple of years ago. There was no one in the arena. Mm-hmm. The team was average. Now they're starting to be still, I would say, maybe less than average before, but now they're average, maybe starting to creep up into the above average team. Uh, they got some new, exciting young players and a pretty good core in the team now. Um, they're trying to grow the game in Carolina. Mm. They have been successful. Yep. This has helped. People want to come to the arena because tickets are cheap and they want to see them win just so they can see the celebration at the end. It, As stupid as it is, it is creating new hockey fans in Carolina. It is, but we all know it has a limited lifespan. It does. And when that stops, what's left to keep them in the arena other than winning a games? A successful hockey team because the team that's the trend that the team's going on. Exactly. Well, so, it's going to have to be that at some point. If, And that's why I'm... that's. That's why I'm okay with the celebrations at the end because of the team, because of the market, because of what they're trying to accomplish. They're just having fun. It is for the fans. It's it's not something you'll see in other like if if the Canadians started doing this, I would be upset because they don't need to do that. Oh, never happen. It's Toronto doesn't need to do this. Chicago doesn't need to do this. Carolina, a Florida maybe, and Arizona, sure, do a little something extra for the fans. Try and grow the game a little bit in a silly way. I'm okay with that. But you made a good point. Eventually, it will stop. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Maybe that's what it's meant to do. It's it's one of those things that you grows the game a little bit. Five years down the road, remember when Carolina used to celebrate after every game? How silly that was. Yeah. I wish they'd do it again. <laughs> and maybe someday they will. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, but as I said at the beginning, I, I was at peace with it for a lot of those same reasons that you just uh, outlined. But now, it's time to stop. Be, is it stop. time to stop because it's too far into the season, or because you're just tired of seeing it? And no, it's too far into the season. Okay. I, I'm not tired of seeing it because when it, when they do it, I'm watching like everybody. Else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But I, I don't have to like it. I, I watch a lot of things I don't like just to watch them and marvel at, like, like what the heck like are car they crashes. doing? Car crashes, yeah. yeah. Or people falling down. 
Oh yeah. There's nothing funnier than people falling down. Yeah, definitely. But I, and I can't stop watching it, and I feel sort of bad for them, but or people it, get, it's amazing. People getting scared. People getting scared is the best of everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the next game was the Columbus Chicago game. Columbus won five to two. Mm. Uh, Bobrovsky was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Cam Ward was left out to dry countless times in that game. I think he played pretty well, but he was just left out to dry like over and over and over again. Uh, poor neutral zone giveaways and coverage by Chicago. So that was that's what sunk them last night, in my opinion. And Columbus played a really, really strong game. They're very opportunistic on a lot of plays. Well, they got a good first period lead and hung on uh, nicely. They never gave it up. And uh, Panarin got two, and Bob got got the win. So yep. these players that are supposedly problem children are the ones that are making these wins possible right yep, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the game after that was the Vegas-Nashville game. Vegas won 5-1. to one. Wow. They're for real. 50 shots by Vegas. They're for real. 50 shots. They're absolutely relentless, and Malcolm Subban was pretty good. He was. He only gave up a goal, and uh, he's he, he he's getting very few chances to play because Fleury, despite the fact he's a senior goalie, is playing a lot of playing a lot of games, mm. and then when Subban gets in there and does as well as this, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. I thought I thought Nashville looked tired last night. They looked just, they just looked slow compared to to Vegas. Vegas just had that extra step in their in their skates there. Do you think that teams like, like that was pretty much the perfect game from Vegas last night? They all had energy. They all were opportunistic. Do you think teams and players know that it's going to be that type of game for the team before it happens? Like, do you think they get they feel really good, or do you think it's just something that happens? I I I think it's just something that happens, but I honestly don't know. I've never been uh, the little bit of hockey I played wasn't at that level, uh, so I don't really know. But sometimes you can see in the warm up where it's loosey goosey, and everybody's just raring to go, and then the team gets smoked. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. I, I don't know if it's. If it's something, I think it happens organically every game. I agree. Yeah, I think. I agree. But I honestly have no basis for that. But if you agree, then I must be right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, the game after that was the San Jose-Vancouver game. San Jose won 3-2. to two. Uh, Vancouver was very competitive in this game. 30, oh, yeah. 34 shots, mm-hmm. um, but a tough loss with a late goal. And San Jose was 61% in the face-off circle. Ouch. It's, is it more impressive to say that San Jose was 61%? In the circle, or worse to say that Vancouver was thirty nine percent. What's well, thirty nine sounds a lot smaller than sixty one. Yeah, like it sounds a, it, worse. Yeah, it sounds worse. No question. Uh, because sixty one is. I mean, that's only eleven percent above fifty. That's not yeah. that great. But, but then thirty nine. Oh. oh man, thirty nine. Yeah. Well, like if you count every ten numbers as a decade, from fifties to the sixties is one decade of numbers, but from the fifties to the thirties is yeah. two decades of numbers. And even though it's the same amount, it I agree. there's a psychological change there. Yeah, I agree. Did you see the fight? No, I didn't. I didn't see the fight. Um Barkley Goodrow and Stratford PEI's own Zach McEwen. Oh really? They went. And it was a dandy. Who won? McEwen got the takedown. And there was uh, some knuckles chucked both ways. They basically, after San Jose had just scored a goal, they were lining up for the faceoff. And I presume that Vancouver was trying to make a statement, but they were just lining up. And Zach asked Goodrow, "Do you want to want to go?" Yeah, okay, let's go. And as soon as the puck hit the ice, everything else did too: sticks and gloves. Yeah, done. And the, and they squared off a little bit, and then they went at her. Nice. And it was great. And uh, I just think it's wonderful. He. 
He got a, an assist in his first game. A week ago today, he was trying to get a hold of his parents because he was on the bus with the Utica Comets Saturday night, Sunday morning, early in the morning. They were on the road from somewhere to somewhere. His dad and his uncle were traveling in the Utica environment mm-hmm. uh, last weekend to watch a couple of games, which they I think the Comets won both games, and I think Zach did well in both games on the score sheet and everything. So uh, he's on the bus. It's 2 a.m., and he gets a text or he gets a phone call. You're coming to Vancouver. Get your stuff. And he's texting his mom, you know, like, call mm-hmm. me when you wake up. Call me when you wake up. He didn't want to wake them up in the middle of the night or wake her up. So uh, she texted him Sunday morning a week ago today and said, what's up? I'm going to Vancouver. And his first game, I think, was the Monday night. I'm not sure. But uh, they made it out to Vancouver to watch the game. Nice. It was a home game in Vancouver. And, and he got an assist, which was amazing. Mm. And because he's, he's an older young player. He's 22 now, I think, maybe even 23. And uh, he's he's bounced around a bit, uh, played in Pondell here when he was uh, mm-hmm. in Stratford and, and played a little junior A in the Maritimes and finally got into Quebec Major Junior. And then uh, the Anaheim Ducks invited him to training camp a couple of years ago to give him a look. Nothing happened there. Vancouver signed him to three years just as a lark. And uh, there's some Vancouver fans that I, I went back and read some of the blogs and things at the time that thought, what are they doing? Mm. You know, we don't know anything about this guy. And yeah, he's doing well the last little while, but it looks like more of a flash in the pan than anything else. Anyway, he got an assist this week and he got the, second, got the second half of the Gordie Howe hat trick. And yeah. It's not all in one game, but good for him. He did well. And uh, he looked like he belonged, which I think is the main thing, right? That's, that's a good fit for him on that team because that's a young team. There's lots of opportunity for him on that team. If he can find a bit of a role on that team, it uh, yeah, turn into a bit of a career for him. So It really could. I, I hope it works out. Yeah. Of course, it's nice to have someone from just, you know, two miles away yeah. uh, on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I'll be I'll be paying a lot more attention. Definitely. I know that. Definitely. And see how he does and see how the team does with him. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. The final game of the night was the Boston and Los Angeles game. Boston won 4-2, to two, unfortunately, for us Canadians fans. Mm. Uh, Tuka Rask was... Pretty unbelievable. Did you see the pad stack save that he made? No, I didn't. What? You didn't see it? <laughs> no. It was unreal. It was the classic pad stack right up over his head. It was it was amazing. It's probably one of the best saves I've seen all year. You have to go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> all right. Uh, it was a fairly even game, um, but L.A. made some costly mistakes, and um, that sunk them a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's a big win for Boston. That was a very important win for Boston, actually. It uh, means that they get to stay ahead of Montreal by... I think four or five points, mm-hmm. and uh, it means that they are right behind Toronto for that. I think Toronto and Boston probably ends up playing each other they, at this right point. Right now, as, as of today, they would play each other. Yeah. Um, Boston's ahead of Toronto with 76 points. Toronto's got 75. Yeah. And Montreal's knocking on the door way down the stairs there with 69 still, 69, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay would play Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Islanders would play Montreal. That actually would be a pretty good series. It'd be a lot of fast hockey. It would be fast, and it would be l- stupid low scoring. Yeah. Like it would, it would actually be terrible hockey. I think <laughs> Washington b- would play Columbus, and right now on the outside looking in, you've got teams that really have been contenders all season long. 
well, not all season long. Yeah, Pittsburgh had Pittsburgh. a very slow start, but Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Philadelphia, even the Rangers are starting to yeah. creep up into the conversation now. Uh, below that, you got your also Rans, but uh, mm. it's not quite over. It's nowhere near as messy as the West. Yeah, because the West, the West is, is all over the place. Vancouver's loss in regulation last night was very hurt hurtful to them because they're a point out of the wild card, and the other teams that are in the wild card have two games in hand each on Vancouver. Mm. And that, that's not boding well for the Canucks. But realistically, they shouldn't even be where they are. No. As far as the majority of the predictions uh, prior to the season starting. So. No. And look at the Coyotes in yeah. the West. Heck yeah. They are only two points behind Vancouver, therefore three points out of a wild card spot. Now, so are 27 other teams. <laughs> but but still, they're, they're right there. Exactly. They're right there. Yep. And that's, if they got into the playoffs. It'd be awesome. I wouldn't want to play them. I no, wouldn't want to play them first either. round. If I was San Jose or Calgary or whatever, yeah. I wouldn't want to play They're them. the ultimate underdog right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when guys start catching fire. Yes. Uh, Galchenyuk got two goals uh, in that game yesterday. and He didn't get both goals yesterday. I thought he did, didn't he? No, he got one of them. Oh, okay. Well, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, but you got Keller and you got like a lot of exciting players on that team. Yeah. And they're getting goaltending and you never know. I wouldn't want to play them. Nope. It's freaky. Um, as far as today's games go, yeah. the Rangers play Pittsburgh. Who are you picking there? I'm actually picking the Rangers. They're, oh, they're the snap. underdog in that scenario. They're on the road. Pittsburgh's home, but Pittsburgh played yesterday. Yep. And they used Murray yesterday. Yep. So they're coming back with, uh, the Smith? The Smith, yeah. Today. Uh, but the Rangers have a little bit more rest. They're, they're behind, but they're playing good hockey. They're slightly better record in the last 10 games in Pittsburgh. So... I'm going to go out on the limb and say Rangers. Last time, we had eight games on Sunday. I yeah. got six right. You got seven right. Yeah. So uh, listen to what we're saying here, folks. We're okay. We're doing pretty good. What do you I say? don't say that, I don't, I'm not saying that, that the Rangers can't win this game, but I'm telling you that Pittsburgh is going to win this game. All right. Number one, Pittsburgh plays awesome at home. Number two, they are on the doorstep. If they win, they're back in the playoffs. They need to win this game. They can this, win this game, and they will win this game. They're going to get the yips. They're, nope. Yep. Nope. Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Rangers, you heard it here first. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, St. Louis versus Minnesota. We alluded to it earlier. I think St. Louis is looking really good for this game. I think so, too. They're going to come back with Bennington. They're on a roll. Uh, they're on a high, and it's t- going to continue. Yep, I agree. I don't think it matters who St. Louis plays today. They're going to win. Yep. So I like Minnesota it. is just un- the unfortunate casualty. But mm-hmm. you never know. You never know. Because I said that, Minnesota will probably win. <laughs> uh, Buffalo in New Jersey? Uh, I think, for for the reasons you said Pittsburgh needs to win this game, Buffalo definitely needs to win this game. I agree. And uh, they're a better team than New Jersey on paper. Uh, I think Buffalo is the favorite there for me. I agree. I'm also picking Buffalo. All right. Uh, Philadelphia and Detroit? This is game two of the home-and-home. Home. Uh, Detroit had a fantastic comeback yesterday, and I think that momentum will continue into today's game. So I'm going to pick Detroit in a close game today. Ooh, I'm going to pick Philadelphia Ooh. and say that they get two back-to-back wins against Detroit. Ooh. Uh, Montreal and Florida? This is tough because I have my heart and my head uh, in combat with each other, yep. really, because uh, Montreal is is like Pittsburgh's situation. They must win. This game. Of the two games this weekend that they have a better opportunity to win, this is clearly it. They've used Price. They're coming back with Niemi. That, that doesn't bother me. Is that, Are you assuming that or is that? 
I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that. I, I think Price Price got a lot of work last night. I, th- I thought he played a pretty good game until the third, but he got a lot of work. I think Niemi starts today, but I I would have if I were the coach, I would have started Niemi last night in Tampa. The I game agree. I probably wasn't going to win and throw Price in today. I agree. But do you know what Price's record is against Florida, or I, how well he, or well, or doesn't, how well or not well he plays against Florida? I don't actually. There is no other team in the NHL that Price plays better against than Florida. His goals against average against Florida is 1.81, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Didn't However, oh. <laughs> Montreal does not win in Florida. Montreal and I'm, I'm talking about Florida, the state. They don't win in Tampa. Yeah. They don't win in Florida, Miami, whatever. Usually not. And this uh, past Christmas break, they actually did quite well. They did. For the first time in the history of time, they did quite well. Because usually they go down to Florida that Christmas, New Year's period, and like I said before, they see some bare shoulders and some ankles, and <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, they're, Belly just, buttons. they're not thinking of hockey. And why would they? If they were still thinking of hockey, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> but, but but they get distracted, I think. It, the weather's nice. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like hockey down there. Mm. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. But I, I, I think Montreal wins today because they have to. And they're mad after yesterday. They're ticked. I'm picking Florida because Montreal is just on a lull. They're... I think Florida's. I think Florida's going to win. I think it's going to be a blowout too. Ooh, it's going to be like five one. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, Washington and Anaheim is the last game. Anaheim is just so much on the skids now, and Washington is flying pretty high. And they, and they can. They've had some lopsided weird games. They have. But I think today they can win. And I'm also. Picking, I'm also picking Washington yeah. for that one. Um, one thing I meant to make part of this podcast and I completely forgot because I completely forgot the last podcast was we have some viewer questions. Oh. And I'm I apologize Garrett, you've been waiting 2 weeks now and I have to wait another week. I really am sorry. I completely forgot. We were filming this actually it's early. It's like 8:30 or something like that in the morning. I have plans uh midday so I we can't film the podcast uh, uh at our usual time so I'm, I, I rushed this podcast a little bit in my research, and I completely forgot about your question, and I think there's another one as well, so I do apologize, and we will definitely get to uh, your question next week. I will make a note of it on... I'll start, I'm going to start the paper for the next podcast as soon as I go back upstairs, um, and I will... First thing, I'm going to put your question on there, so uh, I do apologize, and I uh, thank you for submitting it. I'm looking forward to get, getting to it. Uh, the Players of the Week. want to take... <laughs> Any guesses? <laughs> I, I usually do very poorly at this. Um, Bennington? No. No. Um, yeah, forget it. Just go. Just do it. <laughs> um, my players of the week, I'm going to start off with Kucherov. Four games played, 13 points. That'll do. Five goals, eight assists. But he's only a plus four. Really? Like, you get 13 points in four games. Should probably be a little bit higher than a plus four, but I would whatever. think. Wow. Uh, Tarasenko is another shout out. Uh, I'm going to give uh, four games played, 10 points, six goals, four assists, plus six. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good week for him. As far as goalies go, uh, Vasilevsky, three games played, 0.959 save percentage, and w- one goals against average. 1.00. 1.00 goals <laughs> against average. Uh, and Bobrovsky as well had a really good week. Three games played. Uh, 0.943 save percentage and 1.43 goals against average. So pretty good week for for some players in the NHL. Now, are you ready for some interesting stats? I'm always All right. You you might have already known this one, but uh, 
Kane extended his point streak to 16 games. I did not know that. Which is a franchise record. Ooh. It continues. I especially didn't know that. Duchesne <clears throat> has 44 points in his last 35 games. So he's been pretty hot lately. Last he, night on the uh, round table, they were saying that Duchesne... Well, oh, look, we're going to talk about look, that. Look, look, is it about trade? Yep. Okay, hold on. Yep. All right. Um, St. Louis wins nine in a row. Do you know what the, the year, the last, the last year they did this? Um, nineteen ninety-one, two thousand and two. <laughs> Still a long time ago. Yeah, really. Flyers are fifteen zero and one, in their last sixteen games against Detroit at home. Against at, at home in Philly. Yeah. Right. How are they in Detroit though? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. That's very good. And the final stat I have, Corey Schneider recorded his first win in 415 days Friday night. Um, and during that time, 92 other goalies recorded a win in the NHL. <laughs> oops. Yeah, oops. That's a big oops. Wow. That's Well, I'm glad he got rid of the monkey. That's bad. Where at least <laughs> the monkey, one hand is off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the monkey's still there probably. But. Now... Back to Ottawa and Ottawa's future. There's been rumors of Stone and Duchesne being traded. I've heard that. Ten months ago, Stone was, I think, announced by management being the only untouchable. Why is he now touchable? I don't know that he is, though. I think he is. Because in that conversation that I started to relate, uh, they still were talking about Stone despite whatever rumor might be out there, that Stone is not being shopped. He might not be shopped, but I don't... You think no, I think that's a lie. I think he is being shopped. Do you think Dorian picks the phone up still? And... Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think Mel looks right over his shoulder. <sighs> Great. It's but, curtains. But what's the future of this team? If you're willing to trade all these guys and Carlson, and now you're thinking about trading Duchesne, and now you're thinking about trading Stone, like, what are you doing? Were you just, like... Who's the core of this team? Who's the future of this team? If you just keep trading your best players away, like what's the point of this? Well, they're going to spend right up to the salary cap for the next oh, five are they? years. Oh, yes. they are, are they? That's what that's what he said. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Pretty hard to spend at the salary cap when you get no one worth more than a million dollars. Exactly. <laughs> You'd have to have 85 players. <laughs> so, yeah. is this a Stone and Duchesne decision or is this a management decision? Does Deshane not want to be there? Or does management not want Deshane there? Well, he's not playing like he doesn't want to be there. 44 points in 35 games. Yeah. Stone's playing, having an amazing year as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's really frustrating. I feel bad for Ottawa fans, and I have for the past three years, or yeah. two years-ish, I guess. Anyway. No, it's uh, it's going to be a tough go, and... <clears throat> Uh, just looking at the UFAs they have coming up, Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, winner, scoring a scorer of the overtime winner last night, uh, Magnus Payarvi, and Darren Archibald, who they just acquired, I believe, did they not? Or, I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> and they don't have much in the stable uh, if they all go away. Mm. So if they don't sign these guys soon... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Anyways. Bob, and, they're, and they're stuck with the Bobby Ryan contract until yeah, yeah. I almost retire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I have for Hockey Talk. Do you have anything else? 
I really don't. Okay. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time focusing on hockey this week, and I apologize for that. But this is the last day of Speed Weeks in Daytona. They ran the the, uh, the Xfinity Series race yesterday, which I have PVR'd and I don't have it finished yet. And then, of course, the Daytona 500 is today, so I'm all about the car cars. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, you do that. Uh, on our second channel, More Post to Post, we released some videos that uh, maybe deserve a little bit of attention or an announcement. Not really an announcement, but definitely a, a shout-out, a selfish shout-out. Uh, we did 60s music trivia, and uh, we did 70s music trivia. So it's, it's kind of name that tune. I play a 15-second clip, and in that 15-second clip, there are between... S- eight and ten songs and uh you have to name the artist you have to name the song title and you have to name the year you get a point for each we had a lot of fun with it um those two videos are live on the second channel now so if you have any interest in music or you just want to test your musical knowledge go check those out it is youtube.com slash more post to post now you were away for a while yesterday because you were visiting with your buddy chris yep and you were on his feed. Yep. Doing a box, an unboxing. A Princess Auto unboxing. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, for our American viewers, listeners who don't know what Princess Auto is, if you have ever been to Harbor Freight Tools, where you get that rubber smell when you first walk in and it's all tires and wheels and tools and grinders and compressors and all that. In Canada, we have an identical chain called Princess Auto. And every so often... They make grab boxes. Mystery boxes. Mis- mystery boxes. Can, they're, they're, some are five, some are seven, some are eight, some are 10, some are 15, some dollars. are dollars, some are $25, some are $35. Uh, I think they even had, at one point had $50 boxes. And these things are huge. Like it's, it's crazy. So we did two, we did three live streams last night, two on Facebook and one on YouTube. If you want to see the one that we did on YouTube, just go to YouTube and search Chris Wilkinson. Uh, you'll find his account, and then you can watch our live stream from last night. And, I mean, we did, there was one box that was $7, and the first item that we pulled out was, at, I think, at least worth $15. Like, And there was 25 other items in this box that we had to pull out. So. And lots of hockey stuff, which yeah. was weird. Yeah. I got, there was uh, Toronto Maple Leafs mouth guards. There was Winnipeg Jets mouth guards. There was, uh, what else was there? There's. Oh, he got a uh, Team Canada Team Canada hat, uh, hockey yeah. hat. Uh, I got a freaking Star Trek puzzle. Thumbs up for that. 1,500 pieces. Heck yeah. Uh, anyways, a lot of fun. So go subscribe to Chris because we're going to be doing some more of that on his channel. And also, I have four boxes, and I will be unboxing those on more Post to Post, the second channel. I have no idea what's on inside these boxes, hence the name Mystery Box. So it's going to be a lot of fun to open those on camera, and you guys are going to see what I... You guys are gonna see what I get, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We're gonna film those uh, tomorrow, Chris and I, and uh, you'll probably see those next week. So please go subscribe to the second channel if you are not, if you want to see some mystery boxes. Also on the second channel, we did uh, where are my famous places edition with a twist. So mm. uh, I asked, I showed you a picture, and you had to de- you had to decide what famous object or place or thing is behind the camera, which is a weird way to do it. But you did pretty, you did got a couple pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we did where am I uh, Asia edition that actually hasn't released yet as we're filming this and UK trivia, which also hasn't released as we're filming this. And then which has released is uh, having a yak number 12 featuring Chris 
my buddy Chris, who I just spoke oh, about. Yeah, so that's right. uh, if you haven't seen that yet, definitely go give it a listen. We talk about Yetis and Sasquatches and did some truck talk and some, we talked about some unboxing videos and talk stuff. Talk about your trucks. Trucks. Get her done. Uh, also on our third channel, Canadians Try Stuff, I have finally gotten around to uh, releasing more content, content. I have, I think, 12 videos that I'm sitting on waiting to edit. I edited one, I released it, and uh, I'm starting to edit the other ones as well. So if you're not subscribed to our third channel, Canadians Try Stuff, um, there's going to be lots of videos coming out there pretty soon. Snacks and drinks from Finland, uh, Germany, and Sweden. So there's all kinds of stuff, uh, all kinds of snacks and drinks for us to try. And uh, yeah, so... Some, lots of content coming out recently, which is which is good. Anything else to add in this podcast? No, I'm good. I think you're doing a, a great job. You you and Chris are able to film this uh, tomorrow because it's you a holiday. have a holiday. Yeah. And uh, there's even an, at least one afternoon game tomorrow in the NHL. Oh, really? I think Calgary is playing, let me check. Um, I believe it's Calgary. Uh, and, uh, and there might be more than one game uh, that's happening. In, in the daytime, there's six games all together in the NHL. Yeah, Calgary's hosting uh, Arizona at 4 p.m. Eastern, so that's 5 p.m. our time. Nice. <clears throat> because in, in many provinces across Canada, t- tomorrow is, well, here it's called Islander Day or Family Day. There's there's It's got a Family Day theme. Mm. Basically, it's a long weekend in the middle of the winter where you go skiing or you do whatever. Mm. If, in my case, I'm a federal government employee, I don't get that day off. What a loser. So all you ding-dongs get the day off and I have to work. However, I get my revenge. In August. In August, because uh, we have a, a civic holiday, the first Monday of August, the federal government folks and many other parts of Canada get it off. The people in PEI don't hmm. here. So now, if I could have a day off in February or one in August, what would I choose? August. I'm probably choosing August. Definitely. So I still think it's a win, and I don't mind working. I don't mind. I like my work. So yeah. going to work, and and probably half the office will be taking the day off because they want to be with yes. their kids. Their kids are home from school and all that. So it'll be a quiet day tomorrow for me, even though I'm working. I have all kinds of work to do, and I'll have more time to do it. There you go. Boom. All right. Well, you enjoy that. And uh, thank you for joining me for this podcast. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you you guys for watching and listening, regardless if you're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or Google Play or however. Uh, We really appreciate how you consume our content. And thank you for that. If you were not subscribed to the YouTube channel, hope you can go down and hit the subscribe button. Uh, Leave your feedback down below in the comment section. Let us know uh, what you thought of this podcast, what we can do to improve and uh, what other, other content you'd like to see on the channel in upcoming weeks and months. So thank you for watching once again, and we will see you in the next podcast, podcast number 64. Adios.